do whatever the Hyundai you want. Hey, I'm Ricky Stenhouse Jr. G'day, I'm Martin Sandrose. Hey, this is Kenny Rose, and you're listening to a Fuel Podcast covers all things motorsports. It's unfiltered, it's unbiased, and... Oof! We're going crazy. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Fuel Pod, episode 58. As you can see, I am joined by a friend of ours here on the show, uh, F1 Farmer. What's up, man? Hey, hey, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Um, Chad is not with us again this week. He is vacationing in uh, Florida. I will put the address to his hotel as well as the room number uh, in a scroll across the bottom here shortly. If anybody would like to pay him a visit so that you know he can come back on here as well, that would be really cool. But anyway, it's good to have you here, man. And there's really no better person to have on here when we talk Silverstone than you. And I was kind of excited that you agreed to be on here tonight. Yeah, and what a great race to talk about. Oh, boy. Oh, and I couldn't think of it. You know, I was sitting having such a hard time coming up because I, I like to use song titles. And I was coming up just a hard time trying to come up with a title. And it's weird that one of my favorite songs just slapped me in the face because, I mean, I like The Clash and uh, this is a this is a perfect song and a perfect title for it, basically because of what happened in the results this weekend. Yeah. And so looking forward to getting into that. Um, make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll be putting some stuff, uh, some banners across the bottom of the screen as you're watching tonight. But let's let's get started, man. Let's get into the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Absolutely. It was wonderful. Uh, the first thing we need to talk about is. There was an um, there was a mystery eleventh team on the grid this weekend, and it's weird because I didn't get to start watching the race till right at race time, um, so I missed out on this and I had to go back and watch it later. But as you all know, Lewis Hamilton is executive producing a movie along with a bunch of other people about Formula One. I'm I gotta tell you, I'm excited for the movie, not so excited for the trope that the movie is using, which is basically the same as the Sylvester Stallone movie that was supposed to be F1, yeah. but they couldn't get the rights. And so they ended up going with kart racing, which of course, you know, becomes Indy at some point. But um, so we're, we're talking about Brad Pitt, who by the way is 59 years old. Isn't that crazy? Being called out of re- the plot supposedly is he's being called out of retirement to bring along a young driver. And almost every sports movie has a version of this plot. Yeah. Uh, I think of Bull Durham with Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins. Same plot. Absolutely you, same plot. You bet. Um, but he actually drove, and to be fair, they took a, uh, if, yeah, Chad was here. I already got the letter, Kenny. To be fair. But um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they took an F2 car and dolled it up to look like an F1 car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Toto Wolf has taken over, like, you know, babysitting responsibilities on these actors already. And... Brad Pitt was driving the car along with his co-star, and I don't know that guy's name right offhand, but yeah, uh, they said he got up to 150 miles an hour. So for a, for a, I don't care if F2 car or not, 59 years old. You bet, absolutely. 150 at and Silverstone. Nothing to shake a stick at. They are monsters. They are absolute yeah. monsters. Uh, I mean, they're, they're a different monster. Sure, sure, sure. yeah. Uh, 
but uh, you know, not only to have the opportunity to do it, but then to pull it off and and do it yourself, and you know, in Tom Cruise style. I love that. No, uh, no stunt doubles here, so that's cool. Well, it's uh, the same. What's that guy's name? Is it Kozinski? The guy that did Top Gun Maverick is also doing this movie. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I think I think Tom Cruise had a serious effect on this director because he's like, okay, I'm doing every movie like this now. Yeah. Do, do you know what uh, Brad's character's age is supposed to be? I don't. He's, I know he's playing a guy named Sonny Hayes, and I, you just yeah. can't think of a worse Formula One name than Sonny Hayes. How American can it get? You know? I mean, you know, you might as well <laughs> put a piece of straw coming out of one mouth and a mail pouch in his, on his suit. But Absolutely. Uh, it was a beautiful livery on that car, whatever that car that expensifies like the fake sponsor in it, but Mm-hmm. It's also got Tommy Hilfiger in there and Shark and a bunch of other places. So yeah, and Mercedes is getting their getting their yeah. money. Uh, well, I got to catch up to Red Bull somehow. <laughs> do whatever you can, man. Get the uh, get the uh, ticket money. <laughs> yeah. I got half the team out there scalping VIP passes. Yeah. So they actually had them run part of the formation lap because I know they're wanting to use some uh, some stock footage. With mm-hmm. the actual F1 drivers, yep. um, and they got them in the. They actually stood in the line for the uh, for the anthem at the beginning. Right. Yep. Well, and and the cars lined up on the grid at the end of the grid in 21st and 22nd. Yeah. Nice. At the back of the formation lap, and then it, yep. you know, I watched the footage where one guy kind of started the formation lap, but one guy like immediately went behind the the pit wall, like almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, man, I think that's cool. I'm glad it's not. I'm going to be a, a, a CG fest. I, I mean, I'm sure, sure there's going to be obviously some CG generated stuff in there. Cause, well, cause if they I, follow the trope that I hate already, then there's going to be some kind of gigantic wreck in there and the kid's going to want to quit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, so, uh, at this point, any, yeah. any racing um, get is a good thing. So, Yeah, um, but let's move into the actual race. Uh, so we had Verstappen on the pole mm-hmm. to start the, the British Grand Prix. Which um, was qualifying. But he and- got what can only be... De- yeah. I didn't even get to watch qualifying, so how did qualifying oh, go? Off the charts. Yeah, it was incredibly... I mean, you got Chaco out in, in Q1. Uh, you go to yeah. Q2 just ultra ultra competitive everybody's setting fast times uh you'll see you know eight ten different drivers at p1 within the last 60 seconds you know same thing off the charts norris was uh on the pole with piastri p2 it was a mclaren locked out front row up until the very last guy coming on a hot lap and here comes max just slams one down and he's he's done that like three or four times this year. Yeah. And it was um, with with you know, it was unreal. Everybody drove. Yeah. Uh, everybody really drove well. Yeah, and you know, but you know, we get to the start of the race and lights go out and they start racing and Verstappen got it looked like he was just sitting still when those McLarens took off. Oh. And it was it felt like an un- uncharacteristic start for him. That has to that has to absolutely be the worst start he's had 
in years. Well, Easily. the fact that it took him three laps, it took him the DRS lap before he was able to even, and the end of the DRS lap before he was able to get uh, Norris back. So Norris, you know, British homeboy, gets in there and, uh, and you know, showed some real, him and Piastri both, they showed some real fight uh, in yeah. the race, which I was very happy about. I was happy to see. I expected that at Orlando, but I was really happy to see Oscar step up to the plate and and really have a good competitive racecraft. That, that was that was neat. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, uh, you heard Hamilton at the end of the race talking about like and literally over the radio. He's like, "Man, that McLaren is a rocket ship." Man. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, he says he just enjoyed watching it. You know. Yeah, it's pretty bad when you're behind a guy trying to beat him and you decide to be a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I know I put in the rundown that Norris and Piastri had their hyperdrives spooled up um, for that race. And, you know, here's the thing. And, you know, I was watching it with, with Redbeard, uh, who's in the comment section right now. But, uh, and you know, we were wondering when the gap was going to start forming with Verstappen. And, and we're just talking back and forth. And, yeah. you know, one of the things you always think about is, is one of the engineers, and it, he did start to back off, uh, Norris did. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking engineers calling him and going dude we cannot we cannot run this pace we're not in the same car and yeah. we are going to eat our tires alive if we try to keep up this pace you did you had a good fight we'll keep you close and he did uh verstappen wasn't 25 seconds ahead after lap five yeah yeah partially thanks to a safety car but we'll get yeah. to that yeah uh, we are but that's created some other very interesting things and you know yeah and i'm we're going to talk about events in the race that i wanted to talk about the start first and these events aren't in order because i need them to segue into the part after this but uh so let's talk about pierre gasly and lance stroll um <laughs> out in the parking lot well not the parking lot part we're talking about on the track which could eventually easily ended up as a parking lot and see, I don't know where I'm coming down on this. I, I've watched it like 10 times. And it felt like to me it could have went either way. Uh, I think what's happened after that's been kind of childish. But I, I think in the race, it felt like it. I felt like Lance could have left Pierre some more room. And I felt like Pierre had a line on Lance and should have been able to get around him and Lance should have just moved. Um but yeah. it was a nasty shunt, at least from an F1 perspective. Any other racing series probably would have barely counted that as anything. Uh, I was surprised the FIA didn't hand down anything on that one at first, like right off. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it was weird. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, the uh, the actual coming to really, I just think, is two dudes seeing the red mist and fighting as hard as they can. It, you know, it's yeah. just good old racing driver S, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it's sad, too, because, I, I mean, I really like Pierre Gasly. I have for a while. I think he's got immense I, talent, and he drives – I said this last week. He drives more in traffic than probably any other driver. So yeah. it, it creates a very defensive posture for him mm -hmm. uh, yeah. as far as I'm always protecting what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh but uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the uh, the race was so full of good, hard racing uh, that it, 
you know, until some of the post-race chatter started about the, the, the little incident between the two, I didn't think much of it. Uh, I just kind of yeah. balled up into a part of a crazy race. And, uh, you know, looking back at it now, I just brought it up just to remind myself. And it, it's so benign, you know. Yeah. It, that's racing. And, and the yeah, reason, yeah. If, if track limits weren't such a thing in everybody's head right now, yeah, I don't think anybody would have said a damn word about that. I, yeah, I don't think it would have been a thing. But I will say this. It's not like, you know, I mean, Pierre's a French guy. And, you know, just as a culture, they're not going to let something like that slide. I don't care how small it is. No. So, um, you know, and Lance is Canadian, so he's not going to give a shit. <laughs> Sorry. Huh? Sorry, eh? Yeah. I was there, no? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that part was cool. Then um, I wrote in here, and I'm always their hardest critic because I love them. But yeah. Ferrari had more, uh, let's, fun with strategy as a as a uh, exercise this weekend. I, you know, I swear for the past two races, I feel like Carlos Sainz has been measurably faster than Leclerc. And... I feel like he's held his own out there on the track and I feel like he is being told not to. Is that, is it possible that I am absolute mistake? Sure. Of course. But you see the guy driving lights out racing and then all of a sudden he's not just out of nowhere and it makes mm -hmm. no sense. Yeah. I, whether it's commanded or it's something where he's got a, got a mood swing problem, you know, things get to his head and, and mess him up and you know doesn't get what he wants out of a stint doesn't like the tire choice doesn't like something who knows uh yeah. you're right the reality is, is the, the results aren't there right i mean and we'll get to this in a minute but you know he's ahead of leclerc uh pretty much in every category including points so mm -hmm. and not just one spot above him but two spots above him yeah so anyway um the next piece is the piece that leads to the the final part, which I'm sure you've got plenty to go on, but, uh, so, and I just put K Max car blew up. I mean, there's really nothing else to say other than K Max car blew up. I mean, it literally caught on fire. It did blow up. Uh, I thought he did a great job because he was right in the racing line when it happened. I thought he did a great job to immediately get that thing out of the racing line. Yeah. he did. Uh, although it did take him some time to get his car off the track. If it was just blown up without the fire, I think he would have taken it all the way off and, possibly near a marshal stand and there wouldn't have been a safety car just a vsc for a short time but yeah. uh uh once the fire was there he was getting out so yeah yeah they know better in those Haas cars than to sit there while they're on fire <laughs> them italian uh italian bread yeah. you know wow okay all right i'll remember that i'll get you back later um so let's talk about what's more important than K-Max car blowing up. What's more important is that I want to say there were six or seven drivers that had already pitted prior to this uh, K-Max car explosion. Yeah. And a lot of them had fitted hard tires, two of which were the McLarens. Mm -hmm. um, I think Perez had pitted maybe two or three laps before that, but he didn't. He was on uh, softs, I think, when he uh, came back out, or mediums. Mediums, yeah. Yeah, Hamilton was on mediums and he had waited so mm -hmm. then we have this safety car and they're bringing cars in that's also part of the ferrari bit not as i'm so disgusted about it. i don't even want to talk about that part 
on what they did with those guys. But so the, the key feature in this thing is that McLaren was on hard tires and didn't come back in like a lot of drivers that had already pitted and still came back in during the safety. Uh, so a lot of them came in and put on scrub sauce. Yep. Yeah, they had three laps on them, I think. And, you know, we had one of those typical British summer days kind of where, like, it was sunny and nice before the race started. But then it got kind of overcast. And I remember hearing uh, a couple of the announcers, Hinchcliffe and those guys, talking about how it almost immediately got windy and yeah, cooler. It did. So that's going to decrease tire temps, obviously. Um, it's also not going to allow tires to warm up as quick. And it's also um, going to be interesting on the driving just on the wheel i mean you're getting you know different wind conditions from lap to lap and yeah even verstappen was griping about what he's like what's going on yeah so but anyway so that produced what was some of the best racing i've seen all year by the way and i think you would agree with yeah. me yeah absolutely it was one of coming off i was on such a high coming off of chicago yeah and, you know really wanting something to happen and and something did happen. It was great. It was it was a good watch. And Quali was a fabulous watch too. Uh, it was a great weekend. Yeah. So we we had the restart. Verstappen had a better restart. Let's be clear. He got immediately out into clean air. Put four seconds, I think, on on Norris. But I think that four seconds was not because Verstappen was driving the wheels off the car as much as it was Norris having to play defense against Hamilton. And for folks, if you did not. Watch that race. Go back and watch the final 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. What Norris did, and it actually humbled. I mean, Hamilton was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. Mm -hmm. And, and he, hards. What? And doing it on hards. That's my point. So he Lando's on hards. Hamilton's on scrub softs. Then you got Piastri back there on hards with Perez behind him on softs. Yeah. And both of them did their job and defended against two guys on soft tires. We were screaming at the top of our lungs, Chuck and I, when they, <laughs> don't you dare put those. If I see white, I'm going to get so pissed off. You know, yeah. what are you guys talking about? What? And then you see it out in pit lane. You're like, oh, no, this is it. it he's, he's done. It's yeah. Over. You know. Yeah. I and literally he, was thinking five, six finish for, for McLaren. With, with, with Hamilton behind him on softs. I mean, come on. Yeah. What, do you, what else would you expect? But, but the, cool, the cool thing is you could almost pinpoint the second that those hard tires kicked in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Lando had that sweet move where I think Hamilton was trying to take him on the outside, maybe at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's maybe. But, yeah. uh, man, Lando just shut the door on him. I mean, just came around and shut the door on him. Mm. And then right about that second, you could tell those hards were dialed in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, they take a little longer to get up to temperature, but they're they're also a little more durable, so he could drive them a little harder and not pay the price. So, and another thing is, you know, the sportsmanship, and I'm constantly impressed with the sportsmanship of the Mercedes team. Um, so, obviously, they talked to, to Hamilton after the race, and he was saying, man, those McLarens were fun to watch. They were a, a rocket ship. I'm really proud of Lando. He's, for, you know, he's British, and He's up on the podium today with me and and Russell. When they talked to Russell, who who didn't have a great race, but he was okay. He was up in there, sure. Uh, and he was like, "That McLaren upgrade package was damn impressive." No kidding. Ever happy for them. 
It was cool. Yeah. But the funny thing was Russell made a dig to his own team. I think it, and I don't think he intended it, but he was like, we need to figure out what that was. And, you know, we need to, we need to capitalize on that because they're, they're both on the same power plant. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think they need to. Yeah. For straight line. It was, it was just yeah. a rocket ship. Just a yeah, um, who was your, uh, who, besides those guys, besides the guys, Lando and Oscar and, and the guys up front, anybody else you were really, you really had fun watching this weekend? Uh, it's always neat. Nice seeing somebody of, of Chaco's caliber come up through the, through a field from a, from a, you know, back of the grid kind of start. Um, anything that generates something to watch and enjoy in that regard, I'm always, I'm always a big fan of. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else really stood out to me. Um, well, I'll tell you mine, and you're going to try not to have a heart attack. I'm glad you're sitting down. Oh, Alex. Uh, Alex Alvin. Yeah. Yeah. In the Williams. Yeah. That, that was the one. I, I knew there was somebody I was thinking of. Hey, <laughs> and poor Logan, P11. Shit. What a, what a burn. Dude, that was terrible. I felt bad for him. Um, are you familiar with how they do the power rankings for the drivers at the end of the weekend on the F1 website? Not, not intimately. No, no, I've seen them. Okay. But I... So they've got this, and I love the system. They've got a, a, a panel of five judges and they score the drivers on their entire weekend practice quality race on a mm -hmm. score of one to 10 and machinery is not a factor. Okay. Not a factor. So no, the car doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in a Red Bull or a Haas, right? So number number one this weekend was Lando Norris, and I think that was a, a no-brainer. That's deserved. Um, number two was Oscar. Number four was Verstappen. Yeah. And, uh, so, sure. And Alex Albin was, a num was at number three, and then, you know, Leclerc and Gasly tied for nine with signs and ten. So... Uh, the middle is what you'd expect. It was Hamilton, Russell, those guys, Perez. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, you know, I was looking at, and I don't do this very often because it does, does, I don't know. It's just not something I focus on. But, you know, looking at the standings for the drivers and the, uh, and the constructors, and a couple things I'm looking at right now is as far as tight races in the drivers' championship, Signs and Russell are separated by one point. Yeah with signs in the lead. Um, and then I'm looking at the constructors championship. And oddly enough, I'm looking at Williams and Haas. They're tied at 11 points. And you, you think Williams and you think, well, they deserve, man, they've been, they've been doing well, but you look at Haas and you think, man, they haven't done crap this year, but they're tied with Williams. Yeah. They scored 11 points. Hulkenberg's had a good season in that Haas. I was going to say there's, there's been a couple, decent <laughs> shows, you know, uh, yeah, boy, how I would have loved to have seen Hulk start from his qualified position. Oh, oh man! I've been saying it every week for three weeks. He has the fastest one lap, lap car I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a yeah. beast. If he was in that Red Bull, dude, can you <laughs> can you even imagine? Oh, I would love it. That's, somebody that's got to give Hulk a test or something, you know. Well, he was, in the, he was in the Pirelli test with Ricardo this weekend, but they put him in his own car oh. instead of like putting him in the Ferrari. Right. Yeah, that would. <coughs> and sounds like that was a uh, interesting test. 
Yeah, we're good. we have a whole separate category on that. I, I'm I'm fighting. I am fighting to stay away from this. Other than to say, to finish out my constructor argument, I just want to say AlphaTauri has only two points this this season. Yeah. Um, and more on that later. Back to you, Bob. Uh, anyway, ripped from the paddock. So I've only got three, and we've got to be careful. So I've got rules this week for ripped from the paddock on our comments. Okay. And I mainly mean you to shut me up from to make sure I follow these rules. So as everybody that watches the show or has watched the show before, Rip from the Paddock is where we take articles from Formula1.com, and we do not read these articles. Uh, so some of the answers are probably coming right out of our ass, and some of them are probably legit. But I feel like at this point, both of us could probably make decent, close, estimated answers on what these articles are about. So the intent is to be legitimately accurate, not correct. But you are not allowed to broach the topic of Alpha Tauri, Daniel Ricardo, or Nick DeVries in your answers to any of these, which are impossible, by the way, because they, they all kind of link to it at some point. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, first off, Zach Brown says McLaren are back in the game after being nowhere, after being nowhere at the start of the season. So, um, I agree with him. I think this upgrade package is here to stay as long as they don't completely F it up and yeah. do something stupid to it. Yeah, Chuck and I discussed the, you know, the that we hope this is not just a Silverstone specific uh, experience here that takes for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of good tracks coming up that that same upgrade package at Silverstone is going to work. And Hungary's okay. one of them. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mean, Hungary's got elevation, but if you if you flattened out Hungary, there's a lot of similarities to Silverstone. Mm -hmm. um, the next article, and I, oh, well, my point was, too, that, that I think Piastri's going to be right up there, too. I think, you know, um, he had a good weekend. I think he tasted that podium, and I think it's going to give him some extra drive as well. He was so, I mean, he he knew he had a podium in his heart, but. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's one of those, I think if they'd have put scrub tires on his car, he probably could have made the pass, or at least threatened Hamilton. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, could The have. next one, he just needs an arm around his short, shoulder. Corner throws support behind Perez amid poor qualifying run. Um, you know, I, I've got, I've got, I mean, he know, part of the, the dad in me is like, yeah, I can see that. You're just trying to lift the guy up and keep him supported morally so he can get in there and do his job. And the, you know, the fictitious manager part of me, as far as F1 goes, is saying, dude, you've been playing this game for a long time. Yep. I mean, there's no excuse for it. You have the best car ever. Yeah. Well, and maybe he just needs to throw an arm around his shoulder because that's the only option he's got. Given yeah. It. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it, Horner's quite the politician anyway. Sure. So, yeah. Unlike his uh, compatriot, Mr. Marco. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, you got if you've got Helmut Marco, who's just so cut and dry, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You've got to have a guy like Christian Horner as that number two. Oh, yeah, because Helmut's that way to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at least you know what you're getting with, with him every time. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, I know they told Checo at some point that, you know, P5 – no worse than P5, and this weekend he came in P6. Of course, he did come from the back of the grid. You're right, and that'll that'll definitely weigh in on that. Sure. Uh, 
but, but yeah, it's got it, I mean, it's got to happen in the. You're in the fastest car. Yeah. One got thing it. I do like about Horner is he doesn't seem to ignore uh, past performance, and I like that about him because. Yeah. I know every time he looks at Checo and thinks of Checo, he's thinking about that Abu Dhabi race in in twenty one or two, yeah twenty one. The Mexican minister. And, yeah, dude, that was insane. Oh uh, yeah, um, I was thinking about it just the other day. It's it's one of the most incredible bits of tactical race in F one history. Yeah, with, without so, a doubt. Cleanly, nobody went in the wall. Nobody DNF'd. You know. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, the last article I've got is uh, Mick Schumacher wouldn't say no to another McLaren test as he completes his first laps in a private run. Now, I don't know what this private run does, and and I'm sure there's not a person alive that wouldn't say no to a McLaren test. I would, wouldn't say no to a McLaren test, but yeah, does he deserve it? Is my, that's, that's what I immediately thought when I saw this headline. I was like, dude, you have no business. I really don't think he does. Uh, and I feel bad for him, but there's other things he could do. Well, I mean, I, I imagine Mercedes has got him in a heavy simulator capacity right now. Yeah. And, you know, and that he's basically a professional video game racer now. <laughs> behind yeah. the scenes. Uh, so anytime he can get in and get his, get his butt in a seat and get on a real racing circuit and a real F1 machinery, he's going to do it. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of talk about Lando and stuff. So who knows yeah. who's happened? Yeah, and that's the reason I put this article in here is because of, of what we're going to talk about here in a second. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, you know, and I've seen Mick, like I, I watched him with, with Seb running that uh, rock, the race of champions. Uh, and it was a, it was in an ice rally for God's sakes, but man, yeah. they both were driving the wheels off that car and it looked great. So I'm sure there's something out there. You don't have to, I mean, it doesn't have to be formula one. Mm -hmm. I, I think I immediately think of Carlos Sainz and Carlos Sainz jr. You know, the son's running F one and he's, he's successful, but I, you know, you can't take anything away from pops. No pops, the two time world rally champ and two or three time Dakar rally champ. So, you know, I don't know. I just, you got to do what you can do, and I don't think Mick can do F one, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's never really been in machinery to allow him to to compete, but you always compete against your teammate. Yeah, and he's aside from Mazepin, he's been embarrassed by every teammate he had. Yeah, that's true. And you know. He's even been embarrassed by Mazepin a few times, and that's yeah. that's that's no bueno. Well, I mean, K Mag came back from a year off. Yeah, yeah. five at Bahrain. Hadn't been in the seat until P one for what year and a half was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Amazing. That was, yeah. Anyway, um, so we do have uh, before we get to the juicy stuff, we do have the F one Grand Prix in in Hungary next week, not this weekend. Um. Yeah. I am going to do, I do have, I did a hot lap, a couple hot laps actually for, uh, here's the link for it if anybody wants to pull it up uh, for Hungary. Um, it's a crazy track. I enjoy running there. It's, it's, for me, it's fast. It feels like a bobsled course uh, 
when you're running it. Uh, I, I love the uphill sections into that tight chicane uh, before you hit the uh, sector three, but really cool course. Uh, um, it's been around since 1986. That was the first year they ran a Grand Prix there. It's going to be 70 laps. And what I think is more and more unique in Formula One is that this this circuit only has one DRS zone. Uh, it feels like nowadays oh, really? every every circuit's got two or three. Yeah. Only this one. one only has one. Yeah, this one. Um, and the lap record there was set by Lewis Hamilton in 2020, and it was uh, 116.6. So, and just what? for shits and giggles, and this is this has no bearing on anything in this show, but just in case you wanted to know, Daniel Ricciardo's best finish at Hungary was P4 in 2018 in a Red Bull. Really? Yeah, P4 in in the Red Bull car in 2018. Huh. So, uh, wow, I almost tried to use my mouse to scroll on my phone. How crazy is that? <laughs> I feel you. All right. All right, man. So I've got podiums and back markers here, but I want to flip-flop those. I mean, I want to move into Fuel Pod News. Okay. Great. And the first item on the agenda is, folks, if you have been living in a cave this week, and you do not know, and you are a Formula One fan, or you're a Drive to Survive fan, if you're just one of those, Daniel Ricciardo is back in Formula One. Yeah. Uh, the 40, I mean, excuse me, Nick DeVries has been, has lost his seat at Alpha Tauri after a, an abysmal, uh, what is it, six races, eight race, ten race, whatever it is, who cares? Too many. Uh, yeah. Uh, Helmut Marco, you know, gave him, this stretch of races, which he's typically done well at in Formula Two, mm-hmm. to get better. He did not. Uh, he caused problems on the track, and he is gone. Um, best of luck to you. Find something to do. Danny Rick is back in that car. That being said, at the beginning of the Formula One 2023 season, uh, on this show, Chad and I did a as part of our show was our outlier to win a race this year because we both thought Max was going to run the table anyway. Mm-hmm. And I forgot who he said. I think he said Lewis Hamilton. But I said Daniel Ricciardo, which got an, an initial laugh because he wasn't in a seat. Right. And um, so, but I want to add to that. First off, Chad looked intrigued by that and, and started thinking, man, if he gets a seat, this, this could go that way. But let's be clear. He's in an alpha tower. Yeah. And he did run the Pirelli test this weekend at Silverstone, and he set lap times that would have put him on the front row for the race. That's right. But that was in a Red Bull car. That's right. That was in Max Verstappen's RB19. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in a Scuderia Alpha Tauri. Um, and I don't think that car is there. Now, he hasn't raced, and I know he's itching to get out there and do it. That's another thing. That Pirelli test is with no traffic. True. True. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, he spent just enough time away from it. It's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. I would I would love just to see him in the points. Uh, yeah. First, I think that would be amazing. And we know that car can get in the points because Yuki has been so close yet so far away so many times. Mr. Eleven, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Eleven. Oof. Uh, um but 
you know, I'm excited that, that Danny's back and he's good for the sport, man. I think a lot of people are marketing and, and just his lovability around the paddock. Yes. Boom. Definitely. Okay. Um, so looking forward to Danny in the in the Alpha Tower. Uh, I hope he does well, and I hope this is just a, an audition for a, a better seat, maybe next year. So, and I know I know who I'm alluding to here, and I I don't want to, but you, you know, you also got I, Red Bull talking apparently talking to Lando on the rumor mill. Yeah, and I had some rumor mill. Lando's in pre-contract with Ferrari too. So, Ooh, holy crap! Uh, then you got Mick talking about wanting to test for McLaren. The Lando silly season is going to be interesting, and you know the Schumacher talk earlier. Yeah, uh, that yeah, who knows? Who knows? And Oscar would be a great P one for them. You know, a, a number one driver. Uh, I think he, I think he'd do okay, especially after what I saw at Silverstone. Yeah. So anyway, excited about that. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk about it after the race. Yes. Um, which won't even be next week. It'll be the week after that before we get to talk about it on here. I think um, it was Peter said uh, he made the, he made a point that Danny Rick had four or five times the Instagram followers that the AlphaTauri team had. The team had like two something million, and Danny was like. You know, how many? Uh, it was like eight or ten something. It was way. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised it's that low. But then again, F1 over here, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough fan base. I love the multiple of the team, though. That's that'll be good for them. Yeah, yeah, it'll be basically three Red Bull drivers out there, and one of them in a ridiculously slow car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, as you know, a lot of the, or maybe you don't know, but a lot of times between race weekends, these F1 drivers have side jobs, side gigs, or I call them field trips. I call them driver field trips. Uh, My driver field trip of the week goes to George Russell, uh, who went to an RAF base, uh, which is the Royal Air Force. And, you know, you hear these these F1 drivers all the time talking about, you know, we're basically like fighter pilots and the G's we go through and this and that. And they do, uh, obviously, but they put George Russell in a fighter jet, uh, this past week, uh, probably prior to Silverstone, I'm guessing. Um, but, uh, it was a Eurofighter typhoon, which is the same one. I think they use for the red arrows. Uh, uh no, the... or a BAE Hawk are actually a little trainer. Okay. So, well, they should switch to that. Cause that'd be a better jet for that, but. Oh, it's um, far. Yes. Yeah. So they put him in there, and they uh, it, it was cool because the the pilot himself was uh, doing his air combat, his ACM uh, test oh, right. for the for the month to get his flight time and make sure he's you know up to task before he has, ever gets deployed. Sure. So they had to do mid air refueling. So George Russell got to sit back seat and watch mid air refueling. Uh, then they did uh, yeah. you know low altitude uh, combat maneuvers. So he got inverted. You know, right off the ground. I, I think I heard. What was the other guy's name? Uh, Ted Kravitz. 
Yeah, Kravitz is like, I'm pretty sure I can see the markings on those cows that they flew <laughs> over. So, oh. uh, it looked like, dude, it just looked like he had a hell of a time. Russell did enjoying that. And I thought it was really cool. I thought he handled it like a beast. So uh, hats off to him for F1 driver field trip of the week. You bet. Um, you and I have a new possible fuel pod family of podcast shows coming out. Um, we want to start doing a watch along. Uh, hopefully we get some interest in this where obviously we cannot show the race. So basically it'll be our reaction to the race, kind of half sportscaster, half mm -hmm. whatever your craziest yeah, comedy sitcom is. Yeah. Yeah. There'll, there, there'll be a little bit, but there'll be some, there'll be some color commentary. Some play yeah. Play. It'll be good. And I'm, I'm wanting to have anybody that wants to join us. That is a regular fuel pod, uh, listener or viewer. Um, uh, and you we'll bet. just turn this we'll just turn this window right here into like a Brady Bunch thing where we've got, you know, the three men working all together and whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, it'll be fun, man. I think that would be a cool way to call the race. And now that Danny has his his podcast watch along is canceled because he has to drive a car. I'm hoping yeah. we can fill that spot. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, yeah. The uh, I, we were looking so forward to Danny's uh you know watch like stuff but i guess if there's any reason for it not to happen this is pretty yeah, good this one. is a good reason I, I don't know how will arnett feels about it but <laughs> well he's yeah he's probably feeling a little light on that one hey wow. man so i gotta do this myself okay i don't know a damn thing. it's sort of like i'm watching wrexham on uh hulu uh where where ryan reynolds and and rob McElhenney bought that uh yeah some awesome. football club in wales and they're in the low well they were they're not now uh, surprisingly they were successful but uh they were in the lowest tier of english footballing and uh and they got them promoted to the next tier uh, of course they threw a lot of money at it but it was one of those situations where it felt like rob michael henny was kind of doing a lot of that legwork and ryan was just showing up on the zoom calls well uh, uh ryan reynolds just bought a piece of Alpine, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Him and uh, Michael B. Jordan got together on that investment. Yeah, I heard. So he's he's dipping fingers into a lot of major sports stuff. Yeah, well, I, I think I think he used I think he used the Wrexham situation as his litmus test. Sure. And you know, true, he's a lot busier I think than than Rob is. Rob had uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia uh, show going on, and and Ryan's got his hands and everything i think he did he sell his gin i mean man we are way off track but i don't care it's yeah. fine <laughs> but uh, anyway i think it's cool that uh and that's what it reminded me of anyway when i was uh when i was talking about that but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so hopefully look forward to the watch along we're we're workshopping some names um uh and we'll get back to you on that you'll probably hear it on twitter and and what I'll go ahead and put our. I need to get that on there too. So I'm gonna put this up there. So yeah, you can follow Farmer on Twitter at F1 Twitter. It's at the bottom of the screen right there. And you can follow me at Janiel729, and I'll get that up in a minute. But right now, um, I want to talk about one of Mikey, and Mikey's one of our probably the most loyal fuel potter we have out there. Uh, we got the Festival of Speed going on at Goodwood. Um, 
which is one of my favorite. And it, I swear, if you think of any racing series, this one actually suits me the most because it's pretty much everything. Uh, yeah. In one one weekend, it's pretty much. They're doing hill climb. They're doing drifting. They're doing drift kana. They're doing uh, classic rides, and I mean classic rides from the twenties on up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a Lotus showcase today that blew my mind where they had every Lotus, including the old, uh, the John player special F1 car they're running around, uh, which looked pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorite highlights from today, and these are all going on all weekend until they culminate in like the big races on Sunday. But, uh, Elfin Evans, uh, who's probably my favorite rally driver. He was in the gazoo doing donuts around the course and then, you know, showing them what the car can do in straight line speed. Oh yeah. Uh, I know you'll agree with me on this one. I think this is one you and I both would have had fun watching together, but they had the old Mazda seven, eight, seven B out there in the, in the old renowned, the orange and and green uh, livery running. And it was wonderful to watch and hear that engine because back then nobody ran it like a Mazda then. No, Johnny Herbert actually is who was in that car at Le Mans when they won. Okay. Uh, alongside, uh, I believe, a Japanese driver uh, who I can't remember offhand at the moment. Uh, and then there was one other as well. But I know Johnny was one of them. Uh, okay. He often gets the opportunity to drive the car. Mazda Mazda gives him that that uh, privilege. Because that's, I believe, still owned by the Mazda Museum. Yeah, there's a couple of those, that, that class of car that I, in the 787 is one of them. There's a Jaguar that I love. Uh, from that same class like i think it was an 88 or an 89 uh model year but it was yeah. purple yeah. and yellow yeah uh, beautiful cars and the nissan from then as well and oh yeah yeah was that the calsonic the Nissan? Uh, i always use the livery term but it's the the calsonic yeah. livery, i think the white with the blue and the red, little bit of red on the trim yes except i think uh when i remember it uh from imps uh, they were but yeah it was it was the red white blue yeah 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 chip uh, rob and uh jeff bravo and uh we had a talking about doing whatever the hyundai you want we had a high end uh decided it wanted to do some hay baling today and it looked <laughs> heading towards a heading towards a hard left-hander and just decided hey i'm gonna go straight instead and just yeah. nose first at full speed and it was it was one of the electric models i believe wasn't yes. it? yes yeah. yeah and the so. weird thing was i sent you I, well, I sent the the fuel pod group uh the text for that on the on the highlight <laughs> and and chaz got back a hold of me like two minutes later and go dude they've already pulled that video down uh, yeah and i was they, like what? quick on that i had to go to twitter to see it yeah and the weird part was i told him i was like well they're showing the whole festival on live on 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 youtube right now and he was like yeah i got it on now but i don't know why they would cut out a 42 second video and pull it down who knows yeah um they want that ad revenue but one of my other ones and i know this is not really your one of your things you you get into as much as i do but it's a classic ride was the the mad bull rx7 uh red bull livery drift car Oh, okay. uh, and had Mad Mike behind the wheel, and he was just tearing it off, you know, <laughs> getting sideways right next to those hay bales and within, you know, centimeters, man. And it was oh. just wonderful. I love it. So, it reminds uh, me of Mike Skinner in the uh, Tundra NASCAR truck going up the hill. 
that was <laughs> dirty. And you know, we got a bunch of things to look forward to this weekend in that festival too. It's you know, Porsche is doing their 75th anniversary there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some some theme stuff on the Goodwood website that you can purchase for that, which you'll probably never be able to get again. Um, McLaren's doing a showcase. Uh, I know they had the Artura out there today, but they're going to be doing a, a car showcase on their stuff. Um, uh, Aston Martin's got a couple cars that are going to be there. BMW, but Porsche, BMW, McLaren uh, seem to have the biggest. Um, showcases going on yeah. all throughout the weekend. Real big one going this year, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Red, we just spoke about the Red Arrows. They're doing some flyovers this weekend, kind of a little mini air show. I love it. Uh, there's a few F1 cars there this weekend. The uh, uh, the Mercedes is there and the Red Bulls from last year, uh, or two years ago, actually. Uh, they're there. Uh, Sebastian Vettel's there this weekend. Yeah, uh, Red 5. Yeah. Red five. Got to be a Star Wars fan for that one. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, tune into that this week. It's one of my favorite things all year. I, I love anything going on at Goodwood. I, I really like the revival too coming up later in the fall. Absolutely. Uh, but we got to do, we got to do our podiums and back markers. Um, so rolling up get this podium music rolling. It takes a while. Okay, so um, you have one as well? Yeah, I probably want to turn that down. Okay. There we go. There we go. Um, so my podium this week, uh, number three, getting the small trophy, Alex Alvin. Uh, drove the light, drove the wheels off that car this week. Uh, was P2 in a couple of the practice sessions. I didn't get to see the quality, but I know he was P2 in a couple of the practice sessions. Um, real strong showing in the race. Showed what that car can do. Uh, it just needs a little bit more work. So he's my number three. Number two, Daniel Ricciardo. For the obvious reason that he got his, got a seat back in Formula One, and I'm anxious to see what he can do. Uh, and I really think that Pirelli tire test is what got him, got him that job, because I felt like they were leaning towards Liam Lawson. Uh, which I even said a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's no way Danny's getting that seat because it's going to go to Liam. Uh, so, you know, that's my, sorry guys, messed that call up. Uh, but as I mentioned before, Christian Horner also said that. Yeah. Uh, my number one on the top trophy or the big trophy is Lando Norris because he deserves it for so many reasons. You bet. Uh, so great job this weekend, man. You bet. You bet. Yeah. And uh, my, my point would be, uh, the same on Lando and Alex has to be in there. Uh, okay. That, I'm so happy to see that happen. Uh, although instead of Danny, I would I'd probably go Helmet Marco for just being the most ruthless mofo on the planet and get back. I think he ought to walk around in the paddock pre-race with the Game of Thrones music just playing behind him as he's walking. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- yes. I think that would be excellent, man. Um, and it, it would be fitting because it's just who he is. It is. Um, yeah. So, uh, with with all the winners, 
we we obviously have losers as well, which we call back more show. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa, there we go. So, my uh, my losers this weekend, my backmarkers. Uh, third place is Alpha Tower as a team, um, and I <laughs> I did this backmarker list prior to the announcement of Daniel Ricardo coming to Alpha Tower because I just wanted them to change drivers, and they have. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're on my list. Uh, my uh, second backmarker is Ferrari's inability. To recognize that science that's Carlos Sainz drives for their team, it's like they don't <laughs> even know he's there. Yeah, and I, I feel that way every week. I'm like, you know, you've got two drivers on the grid, right? Um, and number one is Lance Stroll and Gasly, less for the shunt than the Days of Our Lives drama we've had all week in Formula One news. Over this, it just feels like every one of my feeds is a Lance or is a Stroll Gasly article. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my list. Right on, yeah, and and for mine, I, uh, you know, Caprice uh, has got to be on the back marker, but be so blunt and <laughs> cruel about it. But he's there, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, Ferrari as well. Just in general, unusual. Why'd you do that? What the heck's going on? I hate to say it as a posty, it's it's just getting to the point where we like we expected you know and, yeah and that's that's a bummer uh and like you said that the, the great point you made about not underutilizing science you know uh that's something they've really got to remedy and, and do it quickly yeah i mean he drives for your team you've got to you've got to realize he's there yeah yeah and you know it sometimes it just feels like leclerc is just Mr. Cry Teddy Baby, but you know, I, I know he he's an excellent driver and I wish him the best, man. I hope he can get up there championship level, but you got two drivers on the team and you've got to support both of them, not just one. Yeah. F one needs Ferrari and Ferrari needs to get their stuff yeah. straight. Yeah. It's time. You bet. Well, yeah, man, not, have anybody else to talk That's about. all I got, buddy. Yeah. It was a uh, it was a very interesting weekend, and and the the Danny announcement. I have a feeling day by day is going to become more and more real and more and more fun. We got P one tomorrow, don't we? Are you there? I am. There we go. God. It really, really lagged out trying to turn that, trying to turn the loser music off. Ah, I got you. Um, Sorry. No, no worries. All right. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see Danny on track tomorrow, right? So. Uh, uh, yeah. At P one will be uh, early tomorrow morning, I believe. No, it won't be next week. No, it'll be oh, next week. Not until next week. Okay. Ah, bummer. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, Hungary's not till. Yeah, that's what I said. Kind of bummed out about it. No race this weekend, but yeah, you know, I was getting so used to having a race at almost every weekend there for what was it five races in six weeks, something like that. Yeah, something like that it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vegas is coming. Excited about that. Yeah, 
really looking forward to that. But man, that's all the way. That's the second to last race this year is Vegas. Oh, which is bizarre, but uh, uh, it'll be quite the party, I'm sure. Well, it's like uh, I was watching that movie. Uh, oddly enough, it's Ryan Reynolds' movie uh, Six Underground on Netflix, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they go to Las Vegas uh, to do a hit on these four generals or whatever. But they weren't in Vegas. You could clearly see the the casino chicane at Abu Dhabi in the hotel scene. <laughs> so they were they were actually in Abu Dhabi, which is hilarious. But uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Six Underground. It's a great movie. You should pull it up. But uh, anyway, guys, we've got to close this thing out. We're a little bit over an hour. I apologize for the length. Uh, Farmer, buddy, thanks for coming through Clutch and being here tonight and being Hi. part. Happy to be on here. Happy to talk about the stuff that we love and that we watch and obsess over uh, and share that with some other people. It's always always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. So be sure to follow Farmer at F1 Farmer on Twitter. Uh, follow me at jneal729. And guys, listen, have a great week. Whatever racing you're watching this weekend, have fun doing it. And I hope your driver wins. So have a good one and peace out, guys. See you next See week. You. Bye.